0: Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Edge. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God even as you listen. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Well, in, in our last session, I was talking, I was t- teaching on how to study the Bible. How to study the Bible. And I said I was going to continue how to study the Bible part two. But there are things I said in the previous session which I just want to quickly recap, okay? So today is more of a recap than just a continuation. It's a recap. So how to study the Bible, recap. And I want to actually title today's message or call it, the talk about the, the, um, the basic principles of understanding the Bible or for understanding the Bible. Basic principles, so cardinal fundamental principles, the, the, the paramount principles, the essential principles, the vital keys for understanding the Bible, I'm talking on the vital keys for understanding the Bible, the vital basis for understanding the Bible. Without this, you can't get the word of God. So if you want to get God's word, this is the fundamental, foundational, paramount, basic, essential, constitutional uh, grounds and keys for understanding the Bible. Hallelujah. And I said in our previous session that when it comes to Christianity, every doctrine, every truth of God is essential. So there's no truth of God which is not important. Every, all truth of God, all right, all truth, the truth of God, all God's truth is essential, is important, and is vital. However, there are Fundamental truth in Christianity that all the others are subsets to. For instance, uh, there are some truths that are not critical for salvation, for our knowing Christ or our our salvation and our becoming the children of God, all right, our redemption. The truths that are critical for redemption, as I mentioned, there are four basic truths critical. Number one is the doctrine of the bible in other words the authority of the bible okay that so the authority of the bible the doctrine comes about the authority of the bible is so fundamental in christianity and in salvation that if you get it wrong i think every other thing will go wrong right jesus said you do err because you know not the scriptures right once the scriptures are not in view you are on your way to erring or deviating or diverting or being derailed so the the most cardinal the most crucial the most uh the, the the most critical of all christian doctrines is the authority of the bible yes i mean the authority of the bible what do i mean by the authority of the bible i think i will speak a little bit more when we go into the message so the authority of the bible and then the second one is the nature of god okay so the nature of god god is omnipotent, omniscient, he created all things, he exists as three persons in one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God. Okay, so God is one by his and us. Let us make man in our image. So, it's very important to understand that God is triune, three persons in one. So, God is triune. It's an essential fundamental doctrine in Christianity and for salvation. So, we have the authority of God's word, and then the nature, okay, the nature of God, God, the nature of God, knowing the nature of God, you have to understand it. And then the fourth one is Christ, who Christ is. I taught a message recently on who Christ is. He is the Son of God, He is God. He is the Son of God, He is truly man, truly God, fully man, fully God. Right, he was born of a virgin Mary, he lived a perfect, sinless human life, and his teachings are perfect. And he died a vicarious death. In other words, he died in our place, he didn't die for himself. The Bible says that Christ died for sinners. First Timothy chapter one, I think verse 14 or so, 13, 14. He said this is um um truth, and he says that uh, acceptable. Okay, I think acceptable the truth also, without controversy is the truth and acceptable truth. And that that Christ came to the Christ died for sinners. So Christ didn't die for himself; he died for sinners. His death is vicarious. He's a vicarious death. So the his death, his burial, his resurrection. He didn't stay in the grave. He resurrected. Okay, we are born again by the resurrection of Christ, his resurrection, his ascension, and he's seated at the right hand of God. Those of us in Chari's, this month we are reading Hebrews, and yesterday we read Hebrews chapter 7. Okay, Hebrews chapter 7, where he says that he's seated, um, uh, uh, he ever lived to make intercession for us, because he, he's a perfect God. He's, he's, such a high priest is fitting for us. Verse 26, 27. Such a high priest is fitting for us who has passed through the heavens. He's faultless. He's sinless. He's harmless. Unlike the other priests who had to offer sacrifices first for themselves and then for the people. Jesus didn't have to offer sacrifice for himself. By this, he did once and for all. Hallelujah. Those others have to do every day. Anyway, so uh, Jesus Christ and then... Um, so, Jesus Christ, so, the doctrine of the authority of Scripture, the nature of God, okay, the the uniqueness of Christ, and in fact, let me add this, is the uniqueness of Christ that distinguishes Christianity from every other, if you call it a religion, every other religion. That That's what makes Christianity not a religion, as, as a matter of fact, okay. There are things that other religions can So You can compare Christianity to all kinds of religions, but the uniqueness of Christ is what distinguishes Christianity. So when you see somebody who purports or claims to be a pastor or a vicar or a priest who says that Christ is not unique in a certain sense, in any sense, that other religions are are the same, they don't know God. They are not working for God and they don't know God. They don't know Christ. All right, then the last one is the salvation. Okay, how we get saved, how we get saved. In Christianity, these doctrines are important. We are saved by, how we are saved is by faith, by grace, through faith in Jesus alone. Through, by faith alone. Also, So we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. By grace alone, sola gracia. Through faith alone, sola fide. In Christ alone, sol, in Christ alone, solus Christus. Okay, so to the glory of God alone and all these Are based on the truth. All these truths are based on Scripture alone, Amen. Hallelujah. So that leads me to what I want to talk about. If you want to understand the Bible, these things are very important. If you want to understand the Scriptures, if you want to get the Scriptures, there are four essential, critical principles that everybody who wants to understand the Bible, who wants to interpret the Bible for its worth, who wants to grasp the Bible, who wants to have. Um, um, a comprehensive okay, approach or appreciation of what the true word of God is. These are four fundamental principles or four basic, cardinal, essential, vital, crucial, crucial keys, crucial principles that and I mentioned in the last session that There are Latin ways, and I'm going to mention them, but let's look at this text. In the book of Matthew chapter 22, verse 29, Jesus said, Jesus answered and said unto them, You do err uh, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. Why do they err? Uh, why do people go off? Why do people make mistakes? Because they don't know the scriptures. He said, You do err uh, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. Ye do err uh, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. And when you look at 1 Corinthians chapter. Second Corinthians chapter 2 verse 70, I just want to throw this in because he said, For we are not as many which which corrupt the word of God, but of but as of sincerity, but as of God, in the sight of God we, we, we speak with Christ. When he said corrupt the word of God, there are people who use God, who use God's word for business. Okay, they peddle God's word for profit. chapter 4, verse 2. He said, But have renounced hidden things and this but, but, but have renounced hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. All right, so you can people can handle God's word deceitfully in the name of preacher, in the name of pastor, in the name of a vicar, in the name of a priest. They are handling God's word deceitfully. That is why it's so important that every Christian has your Bible, read your Bible, and understand the basic principles of getting the Bible and reading the Bible. And understanding the Bible is very important, so that your destiny is not in the hands of a man who men can uh, can is that this that's the word he used here deceitfully. Okay, working, uh, working, not working in craft, crafting it, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. Men do can, and they do, people do. They handle the word of God deceitfully because they are handling it for their own benefits and their ulterior motives. That is why the chapter 2 verse 17 says that we did not Pedal the word of God for profit. One of the translations says that we do not peddle. To peddle is to carry things around, trying to make sales, looking for who buy it, and then you do transaction and get benefit. So he says that we do not, in the KJ, he said, for we are not as many which corrupt the word of God. So people can corrupt the word of God. It doesn't mean the word of God is corrupt, but they are handling it deceitfully, has corrupted the impact. People, you are listening to the preacher, but you are not getting what God is saying. Wow. You can be listening to a preacher and still not get what God is saying. Why? Because the preacher might be handling the word of God deceitfully or might corrupt the word of God or peddle the word of God for profit. And he says, every genuine preacher, good Christian preachers are not supposed to be doing that. The fact that somebody says I've been to Bible school does not necessarily mean that they will handle the word of God Bible uh, right rightly in, in second timothy chapter two it says that study to show yourself approved verse 15 uh, 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 approved unto god a man a workman that needs not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth one translation i read it says that cutting or cutting correctly so when it's a right excuse me rightly dividing it's like a tailor who is or a seamstress who's sewing something and there's a line you have to make sure you cut it along the line cut a perfect, cut it straight, cut it on exactly, so a pastor is supposed to be, or a Christian who teaches God's word, is supposed to rightly divide, rightly cut, slice the word of God with skill and precision, hallelujah, the word of God is supposed to be rightly divided, and so it says that uh, we are not of them that profit the word of God, or peddle the word of God for prophets. second, first Corinthians chapter 2, verse um, verse 10. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. This is very important. By his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things yea, the deep things of God. The Spirit of God has the thought of God. And then he uses, the Spirit of God comes to man and says, so the Spirit of God with the thought of man. The Bible says, holy men of God were moved when, uh, were moved by the Holy Spirit. Okay, holy men of God, carried by the Holy Spirit. How, that's how we got the Bible. So he says that but the, for God has revealed this unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, here, the deep things of God. For who, verse 11, for what man knows the things of a man, save the Spirit of, of man which is in, in him. Even so, the things of God knows, knows no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely freely given to us. You see, we have received the Spirit of God. Why? So we might know. Take the Spirit of God. I'll come back to that. That we might know the things which are freely given to us. Which things we speak not of words which man's wisdom teach, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Amen. This is a fundamental scripture I want us to get before I go further. Now, so what are the four cardinal four crucial four basic principles or vital keys for understanding the bible number one is a latin word which i explained the other time is sola scriptura sola scriptura means the scripture alone when we say sola scriptura it mean what we mean is only scripture okay scripture alone that is talking about the authority of scripture. Isaiah chapter eight, verse 20. This is what he says. To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. All right. So anybody who speaks not in line with God's word is a sign that there's no light in them. In 2 Corinthians, I think chapter 11, verse 14, I believe the Bible talks about how Satan himself presents himself is Satan himself presents himself, or Satan presents himself as an angel of light. Okay, the fact that he's an angel of light, he presents himself as doesn't mean he is, and two, that means that he doesn't have light in him. This scripture is saying that um, to the law and the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light, there's no light. In them, the light of God's word is not in them. Anyone who doesn't have the light of God's word in them cannot speak God's word in truth and within uh, in its integrity, all right? So now, anything the word of God speaks, all right, the Bible says, is final. Whatever the Bible says. So, I'm um, t- t- uh, uh, solar scripture means the authority of scripture, not the authority of men, not the authority of human law, not the authority of Human tradition, let me read something. Matthew chapter Matthew chapter 15. I pray you are learning something. Matthew chapter 15. So that tells you when someone says, "Oh but it's not the Bible alone I mean that, that's, that's not a Christian talking. Oh, but, but when someone says that, but I, I, you, I mean, I can't just accept what the Bible says. I can't just <laughs> you are not a Christian, and um, you can't find God outside of God's word. I said in that previous teaching, God is revealed. God is only revealed when he speaks. Yeah, there are two books God uses. The Bible and the nature is a book, okay? According to Psalm 19, all heavens declare them. When you look at this, that's why science, when you even follow science, you can prove that there's God. But human reason chooses not to accept it. So they think, I don't need anything. I just need my own reason. It's called rationalism. Rationalism is when people think, I'm re- we, we are reasonable enough. Our minds are developed enough to be able to do our own research to come to our own conclusion and to know what is true for ourselves. I'm going to do my own research. I will use God cannot be researched. God is revealed. God cannot be researched. God is revealed. God cannot be discovered. He reveals Himself. Okay. What? How dare a man, human being, say I'm going to research and find God wherever He is? You can even they can't even find ghosts. You can't go and research and find ghosts. Ghosts, ghosts can choose not for you not to see. Him. So God is revealed. God is not researched. Hallelujah. So um, Matthew chapter 15 from verse 3 it says that, but he answered and said unto them, why do ye also transgress the commandments of God by your tradition? See, by your human ways of doing things, human systems, organized, established systems of doing things can make you transgress or it can make you transgress the commandments of God. Verse 4, For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and thy mother, and he that curses father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, it's a gift by whatsoever thou mayest be profited by me. And honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus he uh, thus, thus have ye made the commandments of God of none effect by your tradition. Verse 7. Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah say about you? These people dwell near with me, dear, dear near me with their mouth, and honored me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Verse 9 says that, but in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men the command, the laws of men. You see, this is saying that anything that is outside of what God has said, throw it away. Any that that contradicts what God has said, it won't help you in your pursuit of God, in your walk with God. So it doesn't matter what human systems can say. Human law can come human beings can come up with a law that if you if you insult your mother and you insult your father, dishonor your father, it's okay. You are also a human being, you have your right. Yeah, you can have that. It's fine. But let me tell you, when, if God said, I'm not your father and your mother, that it might be well with you. You see, the human law cannot invalidate the the principle of God. And so to understand the Bible, first of all, you must approach the Bible to know that it is solar scripture. It is only scripture that has the final authority. Only scripture doesn't matter what human tradition we say, human laws we say, human ideologies we say, human isms, okay, isms will say, all those things are subject to God's law. If they contradict God's law, there's no light in them. There's no way in them. Bible says in Proverbs chapter 15, 12 verse 14, there's a, a, there's a way that seems a path or a way that seems right to men, but the end thereof is death because there's no way in man. The way of a man is not in himself, according to Jeremiah 18 23 verse 10, verse 10 or 10 23. The way of a man is not in himself. So, the, the totality of scripture, watch this, is authoritative, okay? And scripture is authoritative in everything it says. That means that do not add any other thing to the scripture. That's what it essentially means. Don't add to the scripture. Leave the scripture alone to say what it's saying. Don't try and add to the scripture, yeah, the Bible is saying this, but this one is also true. No. The Bible is saying this and any other thing that is not in alignment with the scripture, jettison it, throw it away because it is, it has not got light in itself. Okay. So it's, the uh, uh, solar scriptura. That means the sufficiency of scripture. The scripture is sufficient in the matters of salvation, matters of our work with God and matters of your destiny. The scripture is sufficient. All right. And, um, once you accept the sufficiency of scripture, it leads to, the Bible says that in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, it says that thou hast known the scriptures, holy scriptures, from thy youth, which is able to make thee wise unto salvation. So, when you accept the scripture as sufficient, actually, it makes you wise unto salvation. Number two, when you accept the scripture as sufficient, it helps the word of God, uh, it, 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 it helps you to know, or it helps the word of God to be able to, it's because the word of God can get, to the real issues of your heart. It takes the word of God. Maybe you are going through all kinds of stuff and you don't understand what's going on in your life. I'm telling you, if you can accept the authority of scripture, the sufficiency of scripture, the word of God is able to cut through and address and get straight to the core, the heart of the issues of life, which is, Bible says in Hebrews chapter four, verse 12, all scripture, no, sorry, Hebrews chapter four, four, verse 12 says that um, the word of God is sharper is 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 quick or is living. It's active and it's living. Okay. I think let me just read it. It's it's better. I'm trying to save time so I just don't know want to um tend to everything. It says that verse verse 12 says that for the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two a so, any to edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, and is a designer of the in- the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God is quick. It's living. It's, it's living. It's active. Okay. So he said the word of God is quick and powerful and is able to, um, discern. Okay. And it's a designer of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So the scripture is good to do the job. The scripture is good enough for the job. It's sufficient for the job. Hallelujah. So sufficiency of scripture, one, it will help you to be wise unto salvation. Two, it will help you to discern the thoughts, the intents and all the core or the heart of the issue and number three it leads once you accept that the scripture is sufficient it leads you to becoming humble okay and um it takes the humble to accept the word of God God reveals himself to the humble in Isaiah chapter let me read Isaiah I've opened Isaiah here already so that's why I'm changing the bible okay this is the same thing Isaiah chapter 66 verse 2 he says that for all all those things has um, for all those things has mine hand made, all and all those things have been, says the Lord. But to, watch this, but to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembles at my word. He said, this is the one I'm going to consider. The one who is humble, poor means that you consider yourself, I'm nobody. And trembles at God's word. When you're dealing with God's word, you you deal with the word of God with with respect. This is what God is saying. He said, God said, this is the one I'll consider. This is the one I'll consider. Are you wondering why God has not been listening to uh, get uh, answering your prayers? Are you considering someone, I don't have prayer, I pray God is not answering. Have you given reverence to his word? Have you have a humble approach that the word of God is the authority of God? Until you get to that position, forget it. God does not regard, give you the, the regard that you think you deserve. God heaven said, This is the one I'll look up. This is the one I'll consider. The one I'll consider is the one who considers my word as the final authority. Amen. So, how should you approach the word of God? You should approach the word of God as Sola scriptura, and that means that scripture is sufficient, or the authority of scripture that's the greatest of all Christian doctrines. The authority of scripture is does it surprise you why the Bible is always under attack? Satan came to the Garden of Eden. The first comment, the first comment, recorded comment of Satan, okay, the first record, recorded comment of Satan in history is Has God indeed said, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1? He came as a serpent and said, Has God indeed said you shouldn't eat? Has God, you think you shouldn't eat of every? God never said every. In fact, Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 says that of God said of every fruit of the tree you should eat. God said of every. He twisted and said, Has God indeed said you should not eat of every? Did he say you should not eat of every? He actually said you should eat of every. But Satan came to twist. The and then the woman, because she was not strong in the scripture or strong, holding firm the word of God. She also said, the Lord has said of every tree of the garden, we are free to eat. But of the tree of the, of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we may not eat or touch. She added touch. So that leads me to my second point. She added to the scripture. Don't add. First of all, don't take. Satan twisted and took out from the scripture okay and so if you want to understand the bible and get the bible for its worth please do accept it as final authority don't add to it okay scripture is enough don't add something scripture plus something no it's not it's scripture plus nothing only scripture is the authority of god number two is as Eve said if said he, uh, sorry so if added to the to the to the scripture okay if rather added to the scripture but number two is Total scriptura. First one is solar scriptura. Number two, total scriptura. Total scriptura means the entirety of scripture. Don't take some out and say this one is not good to be in the Bible. Hey, don't. The entirety of scripture. Deuteronomy chapter four, verse two says that ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish, uh, diminish, aught from it. Don't add to it. Don't take from it. That ye ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command thee. Did you see that? So he said, don't add to it. Don't take from it. In in the book of Revelations chapter, the last book of the Bible, the last chapter in the Bible, chapter 22, verse 18. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the... the the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these sayings, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. Hmm. If any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book, the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. So he said, don't add to it, don't take from it. All right. So, sola scriptura means don't add to it. Scripture alone. It's okay. Total scriptura means don't take from it. This entire scripture is pure and holy. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all scripture is given, paragraph I remember, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and instruction in righteousness. So all scripture is not part scripture, it's all scripture, total scriptura. All scripture, so total scriptura means that the entirety of scripture is holy, is from God. In James, in first second Peter chapter 1, from verse 19, it talks about you do well if you um we have also a more sure word of prophecy that's talking about the word of God. We have also a more sure word of prophecy where unto you do well if you take it, if you can consider God's word, you are doing well, as as you do well, as unto a light that shines in dark place, unto the dawn, uh, on the, unto the day, dawns and the, the, the day star arise in your heart. So he said you do well if you can look into God's word. Please look into God's word you will do well. Look into God's word you will do well. Open your eyes read your own Bible. As I said the other time, don't only be a Bible believer. Please be a Bible reader for goodness sake, for your destiny's sake. Don't only be a Bible believer. Be a Bible reader. Don't only be a Bible believer. Be a Bible reader. Be a Bi- Christian brother, Christian sister Be a Bible reader and to read the Bible and grasp it and get it for all it's worth. I said, you must have this principle. These are fundamental, crucial, cardinal, basic, vital principle, vital keys for reading the Bible, vital keys for understanding the Bible, vital, vital basis, constitutional basis, paramount basis. Principal basis, principal keys for reading the Bible is, the Bible is authoritative. Number two, don't add to the Bible, the whole Bible, every bit of the Bible is inspired. The Bible does not contain the words of God, okay? It is the word of God. It is the word, it's not the words of God, it is the word of God. W-R-O-D, of God, where boom day the Latin where boom day no where bad day where bad day means words of God where boom day word of God the Bible the whole Bible is the word of God the entirety of Scripture is the word of God and is the only word of God Hallelujah the Bible is the only word of God any other thing is is from the devil any other thing is from the devil because it doesn't have light in it. Okay, it's from the devil. The Bible is the, I'm, I'm talking about the fundamental principles. Okay, the key basic principles of understanding the Bible, of getting the Bible, reading the Bible. This is very important. So, the Bible is the word of God and every aspect of the Bible is inspired. Now, does that mean everything said but in the Bible, it's a true statement. For instance, Satan's first comments in the Bible, he said to Eve, God knows that if you eat it, you shall never truly die if you obey God. God said, if you disobey me, you will die. He said, if you disobey God, you won't die. Chapter Genesis chapter three verse, I think four or so. He challenged the word of God. Now, that statement is not true. It is truly stated, but it's not a statement of truth. So the Bible, everything in the Bible is truly stated. It doesn't contain false, okay? It's truly stated, but it does not necessarily mean they are all statements of truth because Satan also spoke in the Bible. So Satan, the the words of Satan were represented in the Bible, Why? Because if you read it within the context, you can get the understanding of God's word or what God is saying. So the Bible is the word of God and everything the Bible says is true in its context. In fact, the Bible says it's the truth. It's the truth. Relativists. Or relativism will tell you, how can you say you have the truth? How can you, creatures say, you know. No, we are not saying we have the truth. We are saying the truth has us. <laughs> the truth has us. You know, I don't, I, so I don't sound obnoxious. I can't say I have, even though I have the truth, the better way for you to understand is the truth has me. The truth has laid hold on me. So the word of God is true. And um and not only the, New Testament. Some people say the Old Testament is not inspired. It's not a word. No. It's both the Old and the New Testament. Jesus actually made references to the Old Testament. Jesus expected them. He told them the scripture in John chapter 10 verse 35. He said the scriptures cannot be broken. The scripture cannot be broken. Talking about the Old Testament. He said it cannot be broken. The your scripture cannot be broken. In Matthew in Matthew chapter 10 verse 10. He says that don't take pairs and anything. I'm saying Jesus, that's Jesus' instruction. He said when you go, whatever they if you take it. And at the same time in, Mark, in Luke chapter 10 verse 7 Luke was referring to what Matthew was saying Matthew was referring to what Jesus was saying as the word of God. In First, um, first Timothy chapter 5 verse 18 it says that a laborer is worthy of his wages. A laborer is worthy of his wages. That's Paul, he was quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 25, verse 4. That's why I quoted wrong. Deuteronomy chapter 25, verse 4. It says, a laborer is worthy of his wages. Or, no, in fact, he said, sorry, he said, do not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treaded the corn. Okay? Don't muzzle the mouth of the ox. And then in Matthew, in Luke chapter 10, verse 7, talk about a laborer is worthy of his wages. All quoting from the Old Testament. So, both the Old Testament and the New Testament are... Uh, Inspired, but let me finish reading Luke, um, uh, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20. Verse 20 says that know this, know this first that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. So, when the prophets were prophesying, it's not their own private thing they are trying to say. No, no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. In other words, it didn't come from their private whims, neither shall we only take it private. As for me. To me, this is what it means. Excuse me, it's not about what you think it means. As I said the other time, there may have, we may have thousands of applications for a verse, but there's only one correct meaning of a verse. So you, whether you say to me, this is what it means, it is irrelevant. What does it actually mean? The Bible cannot mean two things. It means what is said. And every text, grammatically, okay, grammar is, is literature. Anything that is written means this. You can read into it and read behind it, but the text in itself, in its literal sense, what does it mean? Okay, So the Bible means, it has one correct meaning. And so the entirety of Bible is is, um, inspired. And when you read the Bible, there's so many times you come across, that says the Lord, the Bible itself uses this phrase over a thousand times, that says the Lord, or the word of the Lord said, and the word of the Lord came to me, and the Lord said in his word. It's all over. It's replete in the scripture. Okay. So the Bible is the pure word of God. So it's totality of the scripture is the word of God. Don't add to it. Okay. Or don't take from it. Don't subtract from it. That leads me to the third point, which, you know, so the first one is, um, um, uh, solar scriptura, second one is total scriptura, the third one is analogia scriptura. Analogia scriptura means, as I said in the in the previous teaching, analogia scriptura there's harmony in scripture or there is harmony throughout the scripture. So the scripture will not say one thing there here and it says something else contrary, okay? The scripture never contradicts itself. When you hear people say, but the Bible contradicts itself, they just don't know what they are talking about. The Bible never contradicts itself. What may look like an apparent contradiction may, can easily be explained and understood. In fact, the Bible does not even contradict natural laws and natural systems uh, or, or true history. All the history in the Bible is true. There's no true authentic history that contradicts or the Bible contradicts, okay? So the Bible, by this time, the analogous scriptura is talking about the internal witness of the Bible. It agrees. What it says in John is in line with what it says in Jonah. What it says in Malachi is in line with what it says in Matthew. What it says in Jude is in line with what it says in Judges. What it says in Samuel is in line with what it says in Chronicles, so it's the Bible, the entire Bible agrees. Now, three, three principles or three understandings to uh, when we talk about the Bible has harmony. Okay, I think let me read the scripture first before we go. I read it earlier on First Corinthians chapter three, chapter two. Uh, Let me go to Isaiah. I'll read Isaiah and then I'll come back. I think I've already opened Isaiah here, Isaiah chapter. Okay. Isaiah chapter twenty eight. I didn't open it, but that's okay. Isaiah chapter twenty I pray somebody's getting something. Isaiah chapter twenty eight, verse ten, it says that for precept upon uh, sorry, for precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. This is how we get to know the Bible. Precept, the Bible has been given to us precept upon precept. So whatever is saying here is agreeing here. And it's precept upon precept. Line up. It's systematically consistent in other words. So now the scripture is is uh, uh, it's, its own interpreter. Okay. When we say that analogia scriptura that means that you don't need something else to interpret the scripture whatever the scripture has said to understand it you have to read it from other places other other books and other <laughs> parts of scripture so the scripture is its own interpreter the scripture doesn't contradict itself. So it takes the scripture to interpret the scripture. It takes the scripture to explain the scripture. So the scripture is its own witness and its own interpreter. That's one. When we talk about analogia scriptura, one thing to understand about analogia scriptura. The other thing to understand about analogia scriptura is that the message of the scripture is consistent. It doesn't say one thing here. It says something else. Because Jesus said in John chapter 10 verse 35, you remember, and the scriptures cannot be broken. The Scriptures cannot be broken, so the scripture is consistent it doesn't break its message somewhere along the line and it interjects interjects a different message no it's consistent. the scriptures cannot be broken. Hallelujah. The scriptures cannot be broken. The number three principle about scriptural analogia is that there is clarity in the scriptures in Luke chapter ten thank you Jesus in in Luke chapter 10, I, I'm already in Matthew. I'll read Matthew first and I'll go to Matthew chapter 21, verse 42. Jesus Jesus said unto them, did you never read the scriptures? The stone which the builders rejected. He kept telling them, did, didn't you read the scriptures? Because he expected them to understand when they read it. Read it, Because it's clear enough. It's clear enough. Um, Matthew chapter 12, Matthew chapter 12, verse 3. Matthew chapter 12, verse 3, He says that, But he said unto them, have you not read the scripture? Have you not read what David did when he was hungry, when he was unhungered? Have you not read? You 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 should be able to know from scripture. So what is Jesus supposing? The statement here is supposing that the scripture is clear in itself. Ma, Luke chapter 10, verse 26, look at this. He said unto them, what is written in the law? Okay, let me read from verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what should I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, what is, what is written in the law? How do you read it? What is, what, when he said the law, talking about the Bible, the scripture. What is written in the scripture? How do you read it? Because you should be able to understand it. When you read it, you should be able to understand it because the scripture is clear enough. The scripture is clear enough, but Papa, Pastor, when I read it, I don't understand. That's what I'm showing you. These are the principle for understanding the principles for understanding the scriptures. Number one principle is total a, to, a solar scriptura. Number two principle is total scriptura. Number three principle is analogia scriptura. You should, once you understand that it agrees, you won't say it's saying this here by saying something else. So if you say something here, which is different from what it said, you have to go back into the scripture. It will explain itself here. Why this is like this and doesn't contradict this contradict this. And you see that it seamlessly flows with one message. All right. So these are the three basic principles of understanding the scripture. Now, in the world, we have something called dualistic worldview. Dualistic worldview means that maybe there's equal for two equal opposing forces at work. So, when you uh, uh, mysticism and, and some of these uh, um, mystic religions, they have this, or some of the religions, or some of these uh, uh, philosophies from the Middle East and stuff like that. Yin yang, okay, equal, there's equal evil and equal good. So, it depends on how you align yourself. You can align yourself with good or evil because equal evil and good are two equal opposing forces. So, it's a equal good morals and bad morals, yin and yang, light and darkness, good and bad. These are two opposing equal forces. That is called the dualistic worldview. But it is not holistic and it's not authentic. We, what I want to suggest to you or submit to you is the uh, 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 theo. Uh, let me the, theocratic. Yeah, we is the sorry theocentric. Okay, biblical worldview. What is the theocentric biblical worldview? that's theos is God. God-centered biblical worldview it means that whatever God wants to do, He will do. Satan can't stop it. Satan is not powerful enough to stop the purpose of God in your life if you are working with God. Don't don't give him equal powers. Satan is paper tiger. Jesus said, "I saw the devil." Luke chapter nine, chapter ten, verse nineteen or so. Said, "I saw Satan fall like lightning from from heaven." He said, "I give you power." I think verse seventeen to nineteen, Luke chapter ten. He said, "I give you power to trem- to, to trample over the all scorpions and and over every work of the enemy." I give you power. I give you authority over it. Satan's power; it cannot match God's power. Okay, Satan has power; he's working, but God is also working. <laughs> that's what I keep saying so we have power we have power. He said, cast out devil. Cast out devil. Cast the devil out. You go and say, I command you, go out. Why? Because the power of God is way above principalities and power. Bible says that in Ephesians chapter 1, God therefore has highly exalted. No, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19. The power that raised Christ from the dead. The power that seated in, fa- in heavenly place, Far above principalities and powers. So he's far above it. For wrestle not against principalities, against power, eh, 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 against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against power, against spiritual in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 and 12, against palace, whatever. And they said, against spiritual weakness in higher places. We are fighting against these ones, but we have power, superior power. Okay? So the point I'm making is that there, there is this, th- we, we we subscribe. When you are reading the Bible, subscribe to theocentric biblical worldview. It's a biblical worldview that God is in control. The Bible says that they executed Jesus. It was a Satan who was behind it, but God allowed him. God said, Go ahead you remember the story of Job? They wanted to kill, uh, the devil wanted to attack Job, but God said, no, you have to seek my permission before you can go ahead. God is in charge. Listen, there are people who believe in God. Uh, There are a lot of, there are scientists like, uh, I think, um, some of these great uh, cup, uh, whatever <laughs> I don't, uh, you know, um, Isaac Newton. Them they believe in God. Some of them they believe actually believe in God, but they believe in no theism, but deism. Deism is when you believe that God created the heavens and the earth and everything, but now He's off, He's gone off, and He has allowed allowed the world to be running by His own self. People are doing. Satan is running at large. Everything is happening. God is not in control okay, it says that God has created the world but God is, not, God is not in control, that is deism, deism, but listen well, a theocentric biblical worldview means that God is in control, Emmanuel he is with us, my brother, my sister, I want to tell you, in spite of what you are going through, pray, that's why we pray because what, God is with us, pray God is with you. God will help you. God will deliver you. God will defend you. God will intervene on your behalf in Jesus' name. Amen. Quickly, let me mention the last thing so we can be out of here. And um, so number one is solar scriptura. Number two is solar total scriptura. Number three is analogia scriptura. Number four is the long one. Number four is spiritualia spirituali spiritualite examinatu, spiritualia spiritualite examiner to what well, that means that means it takes spirituality to interpret spiritual things okay it takes spirituality to interpret spiritual things in the previous teaching i said that it takes a person okay the bible can only be understood by a person whose spirit is subjected to god or subject to god or sir su- let me read it from a said the bible can only be in understood by a by a by someone whose spirit is open to God with reverence, the Bible can only be understood by someone whose spirit is open to God. Because John chapter four verse twenty four, God is a spirit. Your spirit must be open to God in reverence submission. Your word is true, and as you go to the Bible, I want you to speak to me. Your word is true. Your spirit is open to God in in reverence and submission. That is when you can understand the Bible. You remember I read in First Corinthians chapter two verse thirteen. I think let me read it again in, as we bring it to an end. So, Spiritualia, Spiritualia, Spiritualité, Examina Tu. Spiritualia, Spiritualité, Examina Tu. Spiritualia, in the previous teaching, I said Spiritualia, Spiritualia, Spiritualite, Examina Tu. Please, it is Spiritualia, Spiritualité, to, okay, I heard some Latin, people who speak Latin and Italian teach me properly, so spiritualia, spiritualite, examinato, right, First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 13 says that which things we speak, verse 12 says that now we, we have received not the, the spirit of the world, but the spirit of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us, for you to know the things that are freely given to us is spiritual thing, all right. We have received the spirit of God so we can know which things we speak, not in the words which we which man's wisdom teach, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Spiritualia, spiritualite, examinatu. Spiritualia, spiritualite, examinatu. Spiritualia, you compare spiritual things with spiritual. So that's why a lot of things that sometimes people go on social media and attacking the church, attacking pastors or preaching. they They are not comparing spiritual things to spiritual. Now, let me tell you something. If there's no clearer sign of a person indwelt by the Holy Spirit and being led by the Holy Spirit than getting to grasp the Word of God in its true context and understanding it. Because in John chapter 16, verse 23, it's sorry, verse 13, Jesus said by the Spirit of truth, is the Spirit of truth. The Word of God is truth. Is the Spirit of truth. is the Spirit of reality. He said the Spirit of truth, when He comes, He will guide you into all truth. One of His, his main assignments is not to cast out devils. One of the main assignments of the Holy Spirit is to guide you into the truth of God. But you can't enter the truth of God by yourself. It is done spiritually. So your Spirit mingle with the Spirit of God it becomes the source. It becomes the platform for your insight into Scripture. Yes, the words written in the Scripture is intelligible because it's English grammar. It's grammar. If you are reading English, it's grammar. If you are reading Hebrew or Greek or Latin, or just basic, basic literally forms. Uh, it's literature, so it should be read by everybody. But to understand it, for its worth, to understand, just that you. You do err. Matthew chapter twenty-nine, verse twenty-two, verse twenty-nine. You do err because you do not know the scriptures, nor the power of God. To be able to know the scriptures, Stephen in Acts chapter eight, eh, sorry, Philip in Acts chapter eight, asked the Ethiopian eunuch, "Do you understand what you are reading?" it's, It's one thing to read, but you also have to understand what you are reading. And to understand what you are reading, it takes the spirit of God, the spirit of God. So what I'm doing, I'm guiding somebody into the scripture. So now, when you engage, when you go to your Bible. From your spirit, with your spirit engaged, you begin to see more things. It's because you have been guided, you have been taught. And I'm doing this by the Spirit of God. So it takes the Spirit of God to understand the Bible. It takes a spiritual mind. Look at this. the next verse. Verse 14, it says that, But the natural... But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. Why? For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them. You can know them. Why? Because they are spiritually designed. So spirituality, spirit, sorry, spiritualia, spirituality, or spirituality, okay? Spiritualia, spirituality, examinatu means that you examine spiritual things spiritually. You examine the things of you can see, you can understand, you can perceive the spiritual things spiritually. So, you if you want to get the Bible, this pre- basic approach to uh, uh, understanding scripture, this basic basic direction, basic approach, basic attitude to the understanding of scripture is paramount, is crucial, is fundamental, is cardinal, is elementary, is, princi- is a principle. You need it. Is vital. Is key. This f- fundamental approach is a key approach. Is a funda- If you want to get the scripture and understand it, you need to approach the scripture. You need to ask, approach the scripture with these four basic principles, four underlining guidelines, essential principles, essential basis. You just need them. What are they? Solar. Solar scriptura. Total scriptura. Analogia scriptura, spiritualia, spiritualite examinatu. Total script, uh, solar scriptura, total scriptura, analogia scriptura, spiritualia, spiritualite examinatu. It is necessary. So, in conclusion, total, solar scriptura means the scripture alone. Okay? The scripture or the authority of scripture is only the authority of scripture that is the authority. Number two, uh, total scriptura means the entirety, the whole of scripture is given by God. Do not take anything out of it. Number three, analogia scriptura. The scripture is consistent in its message or the scripture cannot be broken, which means that there is harmony in the scripture. There's harmony. The scripture is harmonious in its message. And then spiritualia, spirituality. Examinato means that this it takes a spiritual person to understand the spiritual things. Or the Bible can only be understood by a person whose spirit is open to God with reverence. The reverence here means you are handling his word as total, as authoritative in Jesus' name. This is a quick recap I wanted to give from that teaching last last uh, last session's teaching. I pray that it's been a blessing. God bless you. I'm looking forward to the next one. I'll go back into how to study the Bible. Interpretation of the Bible is key. But you need these fundamental principles to interpret the Bible. We thank God for using this servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Karis Ministries. Stay blessed.